Think about that night. Think about that night that Jesus was born. Think about the miracles that were was happening. We learned in Sunday school this morning with uh, Brother Willie. We talked about uh, we talked about the conception of Jesus, the conception of John the Baptist. Miracles. I thought this morning when you was talking about this, this ain't my message tonight, but I wanted to start it. Well, it might be. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm his. So, <laughs> but uh, we talked about how Mary had to be a virgin. She wasn't a young lady, as some would say. She was a virgin. That is the miracle, conceived of by the Holy Ghost, by God Himself. She had to go through a whole lot to get our Lord here. The ridicule that she had to put up with. But not only that, he also used her cousin to bring John into the world. Probably 60 some years old. Now, in this day and age, we see the movie stars and all that. You got guys 80 years old marrying these young girls and they're having babies. But for women, that don't happen. It's amazing what God can do. As a matter of fact, Gabriel told her, he said, there is nothing impossible with the Lord. That's what he told her. And so when we face things and when we see the stuff we, that's going on in the world today, we can, we can be assured, we can be strengthened, we can be encouraged by the fact that there is nothing that is impossible for God. Whatever you're dealing with, there's nothing impossible for God. It doesn't matter. But we want to talk about Jesus being born tonight. Let's see, where am I going to go with this? Y'all bear with me just a second. Let's go to Matthew 2. Let's do that. There's just so much material. Every, every message, by the way, is a Christmas message. Amen, or there should be. It should go back to Jesus, and he is the reason for the season. That's why he was born. Let's see. Let's start off. Yeah, let's get Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, starting verse 1. I want to change this real quick. I'm not going to change the Bible. I'm changing what I'm reading from. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born, who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. 
So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So you see, when God's involved in it, evil can want to do what it wants to do, but sometimes God will intervene. Amen? That makes us be able to be strengthened in the fact that God will protect his. God will take care of us. God had a plan when man chose to disobey God and fall into a place of sin and all of man now is born into sin, God had a way to fix that and the devil couldn't stop it. He tried at the birth, we find that out. The mother, I mean, in this day and age, who knows what ladies would do. With, I mean, we, they go and they abort children now when they're inconvenient. This was a major inconvenience for this young lady going back that far. Anybody ever read the Scarlet Letter? Yeah, I, you better raise your hand, English teacher. I know you did. You taught it. But she had to wear a Scarlet Letter. Esther, wasn't her name? Yeah, see, it's 30-some years ago, but I remember. This just in, by the way, this is not nothing, but she had to wear the scarlet letter because she had became with child out of wedlock. And that's exactly what was going on with Mary. The ridicule that she had to go through was huge. But she had a divine intervention. A fellow by the name of Gabriel showed up. So, by the way, don't you worry about it. This is coming from heaven. And I'm going to take care of the rest. And he did take care of them. We know that as we read in the word. But these wise men, think about them. They came to do what? Worship. And Herod, he made like he wanted to worship. He had other motives in mind. But they came to worship. Think about the worship that they came to do. How did they know about the star? There you go. Like you said, probably we don't really know, but it seems to make sense. They came from the east. Babylon was in the east. Daniel was there. Daniel was, he was kind of chief over these magi fellows, so they probably learned about the coming Messiah the Christ, the Savior, through him. 
What about the star? You ever wondered about the star? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of not, and, and, you know, don't say the preacher said this and this is the gospel truth and you got to go with it, but I don't know that it was a star. I think it might have been the Shekinah glory of God leading them, like what happened with Moses and them in the wilderness. Now, I, there's no Bible for that, so that's just a theory to think on and chew on, and I don't want to try to lead you down a bad path or anything, but Whatever it was, it led them to where they needed to go. They got to the town, and then they, it led them from the town out to where the child was. And they showed up with some gifts. Now, we always say the three wise men, but we don't know that they were three wise men. We know they were wise. But you know why they were wise? Because they was going to worship the Christ. Can I tell you today, if you come to worship God, if you come to worship, you're wise. You might not know how to change a flat tire or drive a nail, but you're wise because you've got one thing and the most important thing right, and that is seeking Jesus, seeking God, seeking his will. They came, and we know it was three gifts. So I guess that's why they say three wise men. could have been 100 of them. could have been 300 of them. The Bible doesn't say, but they had three gifts. And they brought gold to him, and whenever they got to where he was, they, they, they bowed down and they worshiped him. You see, there's coming a day, folks, that everybody in this world, everybody that's ever been born, there's coming a day they're going to bow down before Jesus and proclaim that he is Lord. We get to do that now. We get to do that through Christmas time because everybody's getting attuned to that. I saw a sign today. We went over and had lunch with the Eddie and his family. Did you see that sign, Eddie? It said, make Christmas great again, skip church. Red letters, I mean white letters on a red background, and it was a sign sitting on the side of 460 there. And I thought to myself, self, that just ain't right. Make Christmas great again, skip church. You see, that's somebody that don't know who Jesus is. That's somebody that is trying to take the world to another place, and it's away from God. We have to be careful what comes inside of us. We have to be careful what comes through this, through these. We have to be careful what we take in. We have to be careful of whatever kind of knowledge people claim to have. We need to have the Word. That's what we need to lean on. It's the Word. That is the truth that will set us free. That is the truth that will take us to this abundant life that God's talking about to be set free from, from bonds that hold us. That's the truth, and this is the truth we have to have, but we've seen through the world and now on this little sign that's got out there, and some people probably buy into that because people are lazy. Can I say that again? People are lazy. We won't want to read our Bible, but we'll read something else. Tickles our ears, tickles our hearts a little bit. We don't want to seek God because we're afraid he's going to fix us. And some things we don't want fix from. That's where the world mind is. That's where they're at. But these guys came to worship God. God in the flesh. The God man. Think about this. Jesus came into this world and when he was brand new. Still had a new baby smell on him. 
couldn't feed himself, couldn't change his diaper, everything that babies can't do. He couldn't get up and walk. He had to be cared for. Our God came to us in that form, and the devil couldn't do nothing about it. Now that's what gets me. He walked around as a helpless child. I mean, look at our children here. And they got some age on them. And look at us. We got some age on us too. And sometimes we ain't the sharpest tools in the shed. But there wasn't nothing the devil could do about it. Because God said, I got this. I'm making a way for mankind. But these guys came to worship him. They came for probably over 300 miles from the east. If they were over in what is modern day Iraq now, they probably traveled about 300 miles. Now get a load of this. They got some gold on them. Everything that they brought was very expensive. It was the stuff you get held up for. They didn't have a car. They didn't have a train. They didn't have an airplane. They was on camels probably, maybe horses, maybe on foot, maybe all the above. But they were going to worship a child, a child that they had heard about. They went through all that, over all the terrain. They didn't have no highways that was easy to get along on. It was difficult traveling, and they followed to worship the child. They had the expensive stuff to take as a gift, and they went through everything to get to go worship him. You know, I might just next Sunday, just for the meanest sake, and y'all pray for me. <laughs> Sweetie's looking at me, don't go there. She don't even know where I'm going, but she knows when I go there, it's not good usually. But Can you imagine if we put out flyers? I got Charlie to work up a bunch of flyers. I hadn't yet, but if I got him to work up some flyers and say that Jason Crabb, the Hoppers, and Bill Gaither was going to be here on Sunday night, Christmas Day at 6 o'clock, and all you got to do is show up. We're going to take up a love offering so you can see all those people perform for nothing if you're cheap. Or for $100 if you want to throw that in to the offering plate. But they're going to be here. If I made that announcement next week, schedules would be broken. All kinds of things would be rearranged so we can get to church and get performed at. Let me say it again. We would break schedules. We would do everything possible just so we could get to this one location Basically, Ken, be careful. Y'all the Sunday crowd, so y'all, you know, Sunday night crowd, y'all can take it. They would do everything to come and worship some men. Let's call it what it is. Could we do that? And we'd have people from all over this community. We'd have people from visiting church, maybe visiting from other churches because they could come and get performed at for basically free if we'd done our jobs advertising it and getting it out. But now these guys prove something to us. This is a helpless baby. They didn't know about him being born in a manger and it was probably cold. They didn't know that he might just be born and, you know, children die all the time back in them days. Maybe, maybe he was going to catch pneumonia. No, they risked everything they had and they wanted to find out where he was and they came with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They went through everything to be able to get there. We can't beg people into church anymore. 
unless we call them and, and just, you know, basically push them to church and make them feel bad or make them feel good or something like that, we can't get people in the doors. You see, that's the problem for us. Not so much us, but that's a problem for the people that we love. The people that claim they know Jesus Christ. The people that claim that they worship Jesus Christ. We talked a few Sundays ago about friends that went through everything to lower a man down into a roof in front of Jesus so he could receive healing. But in our world today, Jesus ain't all that. In our world today, we're all that. We're taking selfies all the time. We're doing all these kinds of things and getting our information out on social media. It's a me world. Treat me right and I might come back. Preacher with my checkbook. These guys risked everything and they did bring the checkbook. They didn't, they didn't mince with anything. They showed up with gold, folks. Don't know how much. But they bowed down because they knew that he was divine. They knew that he was the Son of God. They knew that he was the Savior coming. They had listened to what Daniel had told them, and it had gone on for a good amount of time, probably generations by the time these fellows show up, and they pack up the car, basically, with everything that they have that's worth anything to bring, and that was a part of their worship. Worship, was, first of all, was getting there. Worship, second of all, was going and finding out because Herod wasn't a good fella. Let's face it, this guy had done killed a wife, done killed sons. He killed everybody. He even said that, you know what, when I die, find some of the best people in the city and kill them because, you know, they're going to cry on the day I die. They might not cry for me, but we'll kill somebody they do know. That's who he was. And they walked in there and said, hey, can you tell us about this king? Now, these guys showed up. That's pretty brazen, ain't it? Walk into a fellow that's like that, you know, and tell him we're looking for the king. The king of kings, brother Danny. We're looking for the king of kings because we want to go worship him. And I think the power of God was so big on these people because they were coming to worship him. Herod didn't know what to do. Well, but, 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 but he probably done some stuttering and said, well, I'll tell you what, you just go find him and let me know because I want to come and worship too. He was a fake worshiper. We know that he died. He didn't die good. But they showed up and they took the gold and they bowed down and they gave this baby gold because he is a king. He is the king of kings. They gave him frankincense. We're getting ready to pray tonight. And that was one of the ingredients. I think it's in the book of Exodus, ain't it, Brother Willie? He talked about how to mix up the stuff. And Don't hold me to that. I should have studied that out to give it to you to read. Told him what to mix up and to use frankincense with some of these other stuff. That was what they used for the incense at the altar of incense. The prayers of the saints going up to God is a sweet savor. Who do we pray through? Almighty God, we come to you wanting this, that, or the other thing. Thank you for this, that, or the other. It means absolutely nothing until we say, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And whenever that happens, God's ear goes, oh, what was that again? I'm right here, tell me. 
Because that's who Jesus is. There ain't nothing that's impossible for God. They also brought him myrrh, which is something used to, for embalming. A picture of what he had to go through for you and me. See, we get all excited about Christmas. We don't get quite as excited about Easter, but I believe we got it backwards. I mean, he had to be born to die. But the real work happened at Calvary. Amen? So let's not forget at Christmas time, Jesus came for a purpose, and the purpose was so that he could go die for us. And the devil wanted to stop it. He's still been, and you know what? He's still trying to stop the work of Jesus today. Bring Christmas back. Skip church. Sometimes he does it inside of our own homes and inside of our own churches, inside of our own lives. He's always trying to take the word of God, whittle it down, and we lose the place of freedom that we have sometimes. Sometimes we walk in places we don't need to be walking in. All because we didn't study this out, we didn't seek God, we didn't search him out, we didn't go through the wilderness to get there to him. Because he's right here. The answers are right here. Amen. The Magi, the wise men. You're wise men. You showed up to church tonight. Football games could have kept you away, but you came. I'm coming to prayer service. Folks, it breaks my heart to look around and see just how bad prayer service has gotten. Let me rephrase that. I said that wrong. It breaks my heart to see just how little is thought of prayer. I've spent five years of my life here at this church trying to pour out to everybody just how important prayer is. The most important service we have in our lives is Sunday night. Sunday school's good, and I thank you Sunday school teachers. We need to learn. Preaching is necessary. Sunday night, though, is when we come and talk with our Heavenly Father on behalf of others, on behalf of ourselves, to spend it talking to God. So tonight when we pray, we pray for the prayer requests. But let's pray and go through the wilderness. Let's pray our brothers and sisters can get a new fervor for the Lord. Because I don't want to have to bring Jason Crabb in here to get people to church. In fact, I won't do it, not as a pastor. No, we're coming for Jesus or we don't come. I love Jason Crabb and his music, and I love Bill Gaither and his music, and I love David Crowder and his music. I just mentioned one that some of y'all don't know. I mentioned two others that maybe some don't know. But it's about Jesus. And that's my prayer. My prayer is that by the time we get to Christmas, by the time we start the new year, prayer means something to us again. Amen. And I'm begging you to pray with me for it. It's a lot riding on it. Because there's work to be done. Amen.
They went through everything to get to worship this baby. You struggled out tonight so we could come and talk to him. So tonight, let's pray. We got 10 minutes before 7. As far as I'm concerned, you got all night. I'll lock the doors up when you leave. But let's pray. Let's spend time with our Heavenly Father who gave everything so that we could have this moment tonight. Not so we could have $1.25 washcloths under our Christmas tree. Y'all wasn't here, but I talked about that last week. Brother Bay's people fighting over cheap washcloths at Walmart on Black Friday. Unbelievable. Our brothers and sisters are dependent on it. And I can tell you tonight, heaven is saying, can I work through you? Are you available? Are you available when I need you? Are you available? You see, sometimes whenever we're asking for God to do something for us, if he answered us the way we treated him many times, it would be, well, I'm not available right now, but I will be later. Jesus, by the way, was always on time. I'm going off on a rabbit trail here, but think about this. He showed up for Lazarus' death after the fact. It amazes me. God never, he, Jesus never had to ask anybody for forgiveness. Do you know that? Some of them thought he should. I mean, they hated him. They killed him. They ridiculed him. They done all these things, but he never once had to ask anybody for forgiveness. Why? Because the Bible says he was without sin. Tempted in all points like as we, but yet did not sin. He didn't have to apologize to nobody for nothing. He just came in and fixed it. So tonight, let's be in prayer. Let's spend our time in prayer. Realize the privilege that it is. None of us had to come for 300 miles. And we don't even have to bow down. But that's what you do in the presence of royalty. If we want to see the Shekinah glory of God that has moved in this world in different times that we've seen in the Bible to where man laid down because they couldn't stand it or they had to hide their face in a cleft of a rock because of the power of God and the presence of God would kill them in their human form. If we want to see that kind of return of God, that kind of revival happening inside of our church, inside of our homes, inside of our community. You understand this, the devil's going to try to stop it. He only has the power that we let him have. Do you understand that tonight, church? He only has the power that we let him have because for everything that he wants to bring against us, there's an answer right here in the book. Brother Buddy, you're supposed to be already on, on dialysis, but God, I believe on the prayer service, when we're in here on these Sunday nights and we got the prayer requests and we're putting them out on the prayer line, I believe that that's the reason why you're not on dialysis tonight. It's the power of God that has caused that. It's God moving. Sister Margaret, you was in the hospital this week. Didn't look too good, but you're looking great tonight. Why? It's because somebody was praying and God showed up. That's the power of prayer. We should never, ever lose what the power of prayer is. All because we can go to our God through Jesus, a baby that was born and helpless, and God made the way. They had to escape to Egypt. They had 
to escape because Herod had all these little kids killed that was two years and younger. Sent his minions out and they were murdering babies. But they couldn't get to Jesus. So let me tell you something. Whatever it is that's going on, God already knows about it and he's got an escape plan. He has the way out of it. So prayer is everything, folks. It's the most important service we have every week. And I, want, I can't help but to wonder, sometimes God leaves us dealing with stuff because he's waiting for us to wake up. I was getting ready to stop, but I need to go a little bit more if that's okay. Sometimes we deal with stuff, and it could just be that we're going through so much is because we're not listening to God. And he says, I love you enough. I need you to get this. I need you to grow through this. I need you to get to this place, and I love you enough. And we're suffering and wondering, why in the world am I having to deal with this? Why is this going on? And he's saying, I love you. And I need to get you through it. Sometimes his long suffering, we forget about that. God is very patient with us. I mean, let's think about this. Why didn't he send Jesus right after he kicked everybody out of the garden? He had a plan. And his plan is perfect. But he also is long suffering. He is very, very patient with us. Ooh. He is very patient with us, and he says, look, here's, here's the answer. And he says, let me put this in your heart. Not, not, not that we do it with, you know, our lips, but it's in our hearts. And he gives us what we need. Amen. Sometimes we get, get to walk down some roads for a long ways because we miss the other exits that God made for us. I mean, let's think about it. I can go right now and go to New York City and get on 581 or 81 up there, and I can take exit 142 and get to New York. That's not the best way to go, but I can get there. God says, no, follow my plan. It's much easier. No back roads, no deer, no this, no that. No, there's gas stations, there's motels, there's eating places, but you can get there from here. You understand what I'm talking about? So sometimes as we walk and journey through our lives, maybe we're dealing with stuff and God is saying, look, I'm trying to show you something. I do love you. Brother Ray's preached the other Sunday night about predestination. Man, I so, I so love that. Thank you so much. Every one of us is predestined to be saved. Every one of us is predestined to be on the plan that God has for us. But is every one of us on that? But Jesus didn't have to ask the Father for forgiveness for nothing. And he didn't have to ask no man for forgiveness for nothing. That's amazing. That's a miracle in and of itself. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray tonight. You have requests there. I want you to make like those requests mean to you what they mean to God. So I'm going to tell you tonight, nobody wrote anything on a prayer request that the Holy Spirit didn't lead them to do. Because it takes effort to get a pen out of your pocket and write something down and walk over and put it in a box. And people are lazy. If we had prayer requests for all the needs of everybody that was here in this church this morning, we would be sitting here tonight holding four or five apiece. But it's just too much effort. We'll get out of work, out of work. We'll get out of bed and go to work in the morning. 
We'll be on time for all those things. We'll be there. We'll do what we've got to do, what is what to keep us out of jail, what to keep money in our pocket. Let's not be lazy about Jesus. Let's not be lazy about the kingdom work. Amen. But I'm hurting. That's okay. Jesus was too. Just think about that. Muscles hanging outside of his skin when he went to Calvary carrying a cross. But he did what had to be done. Amen. So let's pray tonight.